This is Office Hours with the Practical Prop and Friends with me, Dr. Santo D. Marabella, your workplace advisor and teacher. Hello, this is Dr. Santo D. Marabella, the Practical Prop. I'm so excited about this um, podcast. This is the first episode. You may have heard the trailer, um, but this episode is the first one, and you know, I'm excited. I, I, it's going to be kind of, let's see how it goes. And I don't know where we're going to go with this all the time, but a lot of times it'll be around my um, newspaper column in the Reading Eagles Business Weekly. But, you know, this first episode is really special because it's about, um, we're in the time of November where it is National Family Caregivers Month. And so what a really cool opportunity um, to kind of feature that, because I know from my experience in talking about this in the last year, talking with some friends, a lot of us are going through this, and even people who aren't may be going through this. So we're going to talk with my really special guest. Remember, this is called Office Hours with a Practical Prof and Friends. And uh, I am really excited. I, You know, it's really about a conversation, and I want the conversation to be really authentic and organic. And so the people that I've invited and that will be guests are really favorite people of mine. And uh, because I know who they are and I know what they're going to share and I know that it can be meaningful. And I want this to be fun. I want it to be meaningful. I want it to be a nice use of your time, 20, 25 minutes, whenever we run. And we'll see how it goes. And I want your input and feedback also. Um, office hours at thepracticalprof.com is how you can reach us. If you have questions or want to be a guest or have a topic that you'd like to talk about, the next episode is actually going to be talking about making acknowledgement of employees meaningful. Um, there's a lot of things that are being done that, you know, people are doing, doing their best as a manager or a company but maybe they're not working. So we're going to talk about that next month with uh, a very special guest that I'll tell you about at the end of this podcast episode for today. But gosh, I am so excited. Let me introduce to you my guest. And um, my guest is Kyle Ruffin. Uh, shortly after Kyle left her job in Philadelphia media to start her own marketing business, her mother suffered the first of three major strokes as the sole caregiver for her mother, Paula, she faced many challenges over nearly three years and is currently writing a book about it. In Strokes Shadow is about Kyle's personal caregiving journey and the lessons she learned along the way. Kyle, welcome. I am so glad to have you as my first guest. I'm honored to be your first guest. Great. Thanks for being with us. And, you know, there's a there's a lot written about this. And one of the, uh, when we talked about what we were going to talk about today in the New York times about, I think over, over 10 years ago, um, it talks about family caregivers, primarily wives and daughters, but also partners, siblings, husbands, sons, grandparents, and sometimes even young children who by choice or necessity assume the responsibility of caring for loved ones. So tell, tell us, the story. Um, was it for you by choice? Was it by necessity? Or both? Well, I think caregiving is always by choice. 
I believe that uh, in a way caregiving is a bit selfish and it's because we really can't imagine doing anything else. We can't uh, live with ourselves if we don't take up this challenge. So I chose to caregive for my mom. I know that there are probably many nursing homes that are filled with people whose families walked away. But uh, for me, I needed to do this because uh, I had already lost my father and my sister, and I felt like I had maybe some regrets around what I did or didn't do, even though that's probably in my mind. But when it came to my mother, I wanted to make sure that when this journey was over, that I could look at myself in the mirror and still like the person that I saw. Yeah, that's that really resonates with me. As you know, we've had our discussions over the last few years about this in my situation and and talking about it and sharing it in the hopes that it helps other people. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the the relationship with you and your mom. I mean, before you wound up in this role or cho- chose this role and, and during and after. Well, my, my mother and I lived uh, very close to each other. I think the drive from her house to my house was about 12 minutes, but we didn't really see each other a whole lot. She traveled a lot. She had a full-blown posse that she hung out with. And it was, uh, I was, before I left uh, my jobs in the media in Philadelphia, I worked a lot. Uh, Plus I'm married. So I was uh, living my life and she was living hers. And until that fateful day that I got a call that said that, um, uh, from my cousin who told me that something didn't sound right with my mom, uh, mm-hmm. we became pretty inseparable because her stroke resulted in severe aphasia and she was paralyzed on her right side uh, all the way f- from her smile to her toes. So it became my responsibility to to take on her life because she was struck mid-stride. She was in the middle of living a full and active life, and I had to pick up where she had left off. I mean, it's like turning a switch on and off, right? I mean, it's such a totally different dynamic and life for both of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you go from thinking that, uh, at least I did, I went from thinking that I was in complete control of my own destiny because you know, I was working for myself and I, I don't have children. So my husband and I were just re- reveling in uh, the idea that we were in control of any and everything that came down the pike. But then quickly we realized that that was not the case, uh, that uh, family, my mother, she needed me and I wasn't going to turn my back on her. And her needs became so consuming that it it just was just a reminder that you can only you can only control so much. And um, I'm lucky though that I had the freedom and the flexibility to be there uh, to the degree that she needed me. Right. I remember us talking about the various things that we you know had to do or have to do. Um, 
for our loved ones. And we're talking, by the way, about the unpaid caregiver in this episode. I mean, there are wonderful caregivers. We have wonderful caregivers that help me and my parents who are just um, invaluable. But the bottom line is the, the responsibility comes down to me or you or whomever is the, you know, the primary person. And, you know, we, I remember one time you saying, you know, there's no way I was ever going to be doing this. <laughs> and then you do, right? Right. You you rise up to the occasion and uh, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. But it, uh, you know, it's it you do what has to be done for the person that you love. Um, I, I, I liken it to uh, one day I was sitting on a beach and I was watching a a swimmer swim back and forth, um, okay. and he was swimming parallel to the shore. And behind him, you could see these giant waves approaching, and they looked like they were going to just slam his body to the ground. And mm-hmm. and that that never happened. They would they would get to him. His body would lift up, and then it would lower, and just lift up and lower. And he continued the same pace, the same rhythm, the same stride, just back and forth over and over again. And for me, that's what caregiving kind of felt like, is that just when things settled in, suddenly this this wave of like chaos would, would come and you wouldn't know how you were going to deal with it at the beginning, but when it was over, you survived it. Um, you know, I, I came home one day and found out that, found my mother having a seizure. And I didn't know that seizures were common for people who have strokes because of the way stroke disrupts the, the electrical, you know, system in the brain. Right. And, uh, you know, I, it was, it was unbelievable to me that after all she had been through that now we were going to have to deal with this. Um, and I, 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 made it through a pretty hectic night and she and I survived that. And I can tell tale after tale after tale of, of times when out of the blue, um, like for instance, my husband and I were going on a trip to Ireland and Scotland and I uh, stopped by my mom's house. By this time she had moved back home and she, I had made all arrangements for everybody to check in on her to make sure mm-hmm. that she was going to be okay. And when I arrived to drop off my itinerary, she was having her second major stroke. Oh gosh. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to deal with this. So I I set my husband on his way and he went on the trip without me. And I told him that I would meet him there if I could. And, uh, we, I just did, did all the things I had to do, get her to the hospital, um, manage that whole process. And fortunately I had, friends and family who came to my rescue, came to her rescue. And one of them pulled me aside and he said, you need to go on this trip. And I just, you know, shook my head. It's like, I can't, I can't, how am I going to leave her here like this? He said, you know what? We got this. You need to go on this trip because you need a vacation and you need to spend time with your husband. And so I did. I realized that she was in the hospital. She was in the best place she could possibly be. Um, and if something were to happen, I was committed to coming back home 
but I made the trip and um, it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. You know, good for you. Um, people who hear this who may not be in the situation yet, they say, wow, that, you know, how can you just pick up and leave? But, but what we don't necessarily understand unless we're in this position is how consuming, as you said at the beginning, how all-consuming this can be. And we can't be anything for others if we can't and aren't there for ourselves. And it's not selfish. It's, it's self-caring. It's self-loving. And it's the fuel. It's like the gas that goes in the car tank. Right. I mean, Absolutely. The, this isn't, you know, the whole point of this. Uh, and by the way, I love the, um, the ocean. I remember I was talking about this before. I love that metaphor or analogy or whatever the heck. I never get those right. Which one is it? A metaphor or analogy? I, I love it. Whatever. It, is, uh, it really resonates. Um, I hope it resonates with people. Because it does describe it, but this isn't like, oh, poor Kyle, poor Santo show, but it is about bringing attention to caregivers' needs because well, my tagline lately when I've been talking is because caregivers need care too. And it's not about, you know, how terrible this is for us. It's really about, you know, the lots of complicated and complex parts of this journey and some of it's a disruption to our life or major disruption or minor disruption, depending on the day and the time. Um, but I don't know that that's the most difficult part for me. Uh, well, if I had to say, and, and I'd love to hear what you think, for me, the most difficult part is seeing as the grieving that I do over the losses they're experiencing, the losses in our relationship, the losses in their mobility, their independence, their, they're just the who they are in my in my life and world and i think for me the selfish part of me that's the dip, most difficult part because in part of it's empathy for them and part of itself you know it's kind of a little bit of sympathy for me like i have my parents but do i have them this certainly not in the same way i used to what about for you well i i, I absolutely understand what you're talking about i think that when you go through a situation where you're where your parents have changed so dramatically from who they were, um, you you go into mourning, and you that's something that one needs to acknowledge is that for for my mother, even though she was still with me for nearly three years, uh, I was in mourning because she would never ever ever be the person that she was, the person that I had counted on for forever, and our relationship had that was was no more so it was it was weird to mourn somebody who was still alive but the 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 truth is that even if she had gotten a hundred percent better and everything went you know apparently back to normal uh or it would have never been the same because you would have just never known whether or not something else was kind of waiting to happen. Um, so yeah, I agree. That is a very difficult part of, of, of the experience. Um, and for me as a, a, a difficult part was the being kind of like the rope in the middle of a tug of war because my, my, my mother needed me. Um, but my husband needed me and, 
and I wanted to be with him too. So I had to choose between the two of them often. And that was very hard um, because he just, he understood and he sacrificed along with me. But there were times when he thought maybe I was being too attentive to my mom or giving her too much of myself. And I, I didn't think that, but it made me, you know, assess how I was managing the two relationships. And sometimes I literally was caught in the middle and that, that was a real struggle. Yeah. I'm talking with Kyle Ruffin, who is a media marketing business consultant um, and a dear friend for a bazillion years. Uh, we've been through a lot over the years. I'm so glad to, to stay connected. But guess what? I actually have um, some business to do. We're going to come back in the second part. We're going to talk to Kyle about um, what she's doing now with this experience and, and going forward. Uh, she has some really exciting uh, plans going on and some things she's, that are in progress. But let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Kyle. It's called Instacart. It's a, um, and I thought it'd be really pr- perhaps appropriate for our listeners today because it's this service that will actually deliver groceries to your home. It's, um, and I checked to see if it was in your area in the South Jersey, it's in Philly, it's in um, Northeast PA, Reading, Lehigh Valley. Um, so I don't know, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities. If you follow the link on the show notes, um, it will take you to the Instacart service, and that way you can also let them know that we sent you and, and, and help support our show. Uh, there are multiple stores available, as I said, in, in throughout the uh, Metro Philly region. Um, the products, you know, they're things that you love and you normally buy. Um, I, I tried to check in the price. I haven't used it service, but I, I've checked around. It seems like some prices are lower. Some prices are the same. Some might be a little higher. Um, but, you know, it's it, it could really be helpful for folks who are in the situation where, you know, they're still working and caregiving and they might need some help getting some groceries to their loved one, partner, spouse, uh, parents. Um, it's so delivery to your door as fast as, uh, excuse me, <laughs> delivery to your door in as fast as one hour, which is pretty cool. Uh, find everything you need and uh, they pick up all the good stuff for you, which, hey. If I could get somebody to shop for me, <laughs> I do all the shopping. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't mind that. Not at all. So cool. Um, but uh, let's get back. Um, I, as I said, my guest is Kyle Ruffin, a uh, marketing business entrepreneur who's really got so much cool experience um, that can uh, be helpful to you and to her clients and maybe some new clients who are listening. So let's talk about, um, she's a caregiver, was a caregiver for a mom for three years who had suffered three major strokes and, um, mom passed, right? When did mom pass? Mom passed in 2013. Okay. Yes. In October. We're only, we're, we just, um, just passed the anniversary. Passed the anniversary. Yeah. So gosh, it's gotta be a complicated post experience like tell me about that you know is it i mean part of it i would imagine is relief because she's not suffering 
part of it, I imagine, is like, what do I have to repurpose myself? I mean, what, what did you experience? Well, I, I, I had to stop doing a lot of things when I was in the midst of caregiving. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm one who fills the, the spaces very easily and very quickly. Right. Um, and I really uh, have spent a lot of this time writing my book uh, about the experience because I, I found that several of uh, our family friends and other family members were found themselves in the same situation. So they, people that I'd known my entire life were suffering from strokes and their family members were coming to me, their family caregivers were coming to me and asking advice. They wanted to know how to navigate the, 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 the therapy system or healthcare or uh, selling the house or getting benefits or, and, and I realized that I had learned a lot and for them, I, I was almost like the expert because I had already been through it. So I decided that writing a book would be a really good idea because when I first found myself in the situation of caring for somebody who was majorly disabled Mm -hmm. uh, from a stroke in particular, uh, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find a book that could help me navigate uh, something that has been a part of our uh, human experience for, for a long time. It feels to me like Alzheimer's and dementia have kind of edged stroke out of the spotlight, but yet 795,000 people in America suffer a new or recurring stroke every year. And that's according to the CDC. Wow. So it's not something that has gone away. And in the African-American community, it's, it's black men and women are at the highest risk of suffering from stroke. So to me, that says there are a whole lot of caregivers out there who would like some kind of a roadmap to, to manage the process. Because even though all of our, our experiences might be different, mm-hmm. there is a lot of commonality. So there, there are a lot of things that, that I learned particularly about the, 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 the recovery process and how I had a doctor after my mom's first stroke tell me that uh, whatever she didn't get back in the first week, she would not get back. And after the first week, she was completely paralyzed. She could barely speak. And the words that came out of her mouth were nonsense because she had aphasia. And and of course, when he said that, you know, I just broke down. It was like, I, I how am I supposed to, you know, manage for right. somebody who, in this condition? But then I shortly learned after that, no, you can recover forever. Every day, if you are committed to therapy and you take the steps and you, and you, you don't give up, mm-hmm. people recover what they lose from stroke 
like <laughs> forever because the brain remaps itself. Right. And that's what it requires. So, but it's a very long and very slow process. So patience is also absolutely critical. Yeah. I, I'm not really strong on the patience uh, aspect of this thing. Trust me, neither was I, but it became, it well, became a necessity. <laughs> I know, I know. And, you know, good on you for kind of not just being um, okay with whatever the quote expert says. I mean, I have the utmost respect for nurses and doctors and other providers, but guess what? I know my parents better than they do. And my parents know their bodies better than anybody. Right. And so it's, I mean, our generation, I think we're lucky that we're not caught up in that. Um, oh my gosh, don't challenge the doctor thing because that doesn't work for me. Right. It, it, it doesn't work. Um, nope. And it, and it shouldn't. And I, it's, your parents are lucky that they have you as an advocate because the system is complicated. Mm-hmm. And I gone are the days of you had one doctor that you went to and he took care of all your needs. Right. There's a lot of balancing that has to be done and a lot of research that has to be done in order to make sure that your parents are getting what they need. And then you add, you know, health insurance to that. And it, it's just very complicated. And most people cannot even at our age, it's complicated. So imagine for an older person who has never had to navigate all of that. It, 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 that's, that was a huge part of my caregiving was walking my mother through or doing the things for her that she, even if she had been healthy, she would not have been able to do for herself because the system has become so complicated. Yeah. So, so, so your parents we have are about two minutes and I want uh, I want folks to know about when to expect the book. Tell them uh, I love the title, by the way. Tell tell them about that. Uh, the book is being edited, but uh, I have posted the first chapter on my website, and my website is mycaregiverstory.com. So if anyone wants to uh, read about the beginning of my journey with with uh, caregiving. Uh, it's up there right now, and I, I invite feedback through. and encouragement uh, because it is a journey writing a book. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, I, I, I want to get it across the finish line in 2020 so that the full book is out there. But for now, chapter one is available, and I may be posting other chapters in the future. Uh, like I said, just to um, kind of trick myself into getting it done. <laughs> don't don't give it all away, girlfriend. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I won't. But I, I'm curious when, about people's feedback as to whether or not, you know, after reading the first chapter, are they anxious to see chapter two? <laughs> I am sure they will be. Knowing you, I know that it's going to really um, be meaningful and resonate with a lot of folks. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you uh, that you're in this place now that you're, I'm hoping that this journey uh, is, is, is going to help with your uh, healing and your journey 
from this experience and a time of reflection on more on the good that came from this and comes from this process that we're in. Um, so all the best and thank you so much for, uh, for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share my story and, and always to, to work with you and to support you in whatever you do, Sandy, you're one of uh, my favorite people. So Right back um, at you. Glad to be here. <laughs> don't forget, mycaregiverstory.com. You want to check out Kyle's um, first chapter. I'm so excited. Can't wait to uh, check it out. And um, Kyle Ruffin, um, media and marketing entrepreneur and doing so much good in South Jersey. I keep following all the stuff you're doing with, with the community and um, good, for, good on you. Good on you. So um, what I thought I would do each each episode is kind of end with what I'm calling amusing, like A, the letter A, and then musing. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, the one that I think about, because I think there's always a lightness and hu- a humor to every every um, every situation, even if it's sad or, or serious. So the one that, one of the things that's funny that I remember, well, I think it was funny Maybe you relate knowing me, you might relate to this. You know, my dad's this big Philly sports guy, right? I, I, he likes football, he likes the Eagles, he likes basketball, he likes the Sixers. I'm, I'm even surprised I even know the names of these teams. He likes baseball, um, who in the uh, Phillies, right? So, (laughs) so I'm like. Okay. Um, okay. Who's the hockey team? Yeah, the Flyers. He's not so much on Flyers, but I, you know all these other teams. Whatever season it is, right? So we're we're doing this thing, and it's like he wants to, you know, whatever game's on. So once I figure out which team is his, thank God it's not black and white anymore, right? When we were kids, once I figure out whose <laughs> his team is, are they wearing white or dark today? You know, and then they're like, okay, this is great. I'm cheering. I'm I'm always happy. I mean, authentically happy when his team wins. But I find it so funny because the last thing I could think about is watching sports on TV. Um, but you know what? Because it's with that, it's 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 more, more than bearable. And he is one of those dedicated uh, Philly sports fans who um, always always is there, even when they're when they're bad. Uh, he's not one of the ones that that abandons them. So. Um, that's one of the things. There are many things I'm sure we'll be sharing over the years, but uh, yeah. If it were a Broadway show, um, I'd know all about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, you know me, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so next time, um, Kylie might be interested in this too. Uh, next show will debut. This show, uh, as we know, debuts on November four. The next show will debut November eighteen. And as I said before, it's making acknowledgement meaningful particularly employee knowledge, acknowledgement. Um, and that corresponds with my Reading Eagle Business Weekly column on that same topic. And I am excited to announce um, in the tradition of the new tradition of having awesome guests, um, Craig Poole, who is a GM at the Doubletree by Hilton Reading Hotel. Um, Kyle, you would love this guy. He is amazing what he does in terms of managing and leading his crew, his staff, getting all kinds of awards from the Hilton corporate, 
Um, so you know, you were there when we did our uh, the book signing, mm-hmm. and he's just an amazing guy. And so I'm excited he's going to talk to us about about that topic. And I hope you'll listen. I want to let everybody know that um, we are featured now. We're listed on all your favorite directories: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Never heard of it, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, iHeartRadio and TuneIn Alexa. So I don't know. This will be interesting. We'll see. But so you can listen on your favorite uh, player. You can reach out um, office hours at thepracticalprof.com. And um, let me know. Like uh, Kyle said, we need feedback. Let us know what's going on. And, and if you want to um, look at my book, it's on ebooks, you know, all your best favorite ebook uh, providers, as well as in paperback. It's called The Lessons of Caring inspiration and support for the caregivers and um you can as i said you can get that uh amazon barnes and noble ibooks uh paperback or ebook so check that out as well what a great first episode thanks again kyle for being with me i hope everyone um enjoys and listens and i think there's a little subscribe button there's a little donate or support the show button So however you want, and check out Instacart and uh, see how you like it. And let me know about that, too. Have a great day. This has been a pleasure to be with you today as your workplace advisor and teacher, Santo Maribel, The Practical Prof. This has been Office Hours with The Practical Prof and Friends, a production of Marabella Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Practical Prof and Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at The Practical Prop. Copyright 2019, all rights reserved.